Hello and welcome to a special edition of Moonlight Musings. I'm your host, Marian Marchetto. Today, October 31st, 2021, Halloween is upon us. And today I'd like to share with you one of the short stories included in my Bridgewater Holidays book, which is a companion to the Bridgewater Chronicles series that I have written. And here's the story. It is entitled All Hallows Eve. The time is October 1941. Ten-year-old Hetty Swink couldn't keep from fidgeting. She should be excited about going to a party, but today she felt exactly the opposite. On her bed was the costume that she was expected to wear. Sure, all the other children at the party would be dressed in costumes, but Hetty didn't like All Hallows' Eve, or Halloween as it was now being called. Hetty's father had told her once that All Hallows' Eve was the night of the dead and that she should be very cautious because sometimes the souls of the dead like to wander the roads in search of young children, especially pretty girls. From that day forward, Hetty had been very cautious and made it a point to come into their house every night at dusk. She wasn't taking any chances about meeting a lost soul on this or any other date. Hetty, I hope you're almost ready, called her mother. We need to catch the trolley in less than 15 minutes. Mom, I don't feel so good, replied Hetty, in what she hoped was her best I've got a tummy ache voice. What's wrong? Mrs. Swink came into her daughter's bedroom and eyed the girl critically. My stomach hurts. Ah, not that again. Every time you don't want to do something, your stomach hurts. Well, let me tell you, Missy, my stomach hurts every day that I have to go to work, but you don't hear me complaining. Now put on that costume before I do it for you. You're going to the Bridgewater Halloween party and you're going to enjoy yourself. We need the extra food that Mrs. Newkirk gives out to the boys and girls who attend the party. Your two brothers are too old to attend, but you're still the right age. Bessie Swink was more than agitated at the way her daughter was stalling. They'd have to hurry to catch the trolley. She watched as Hetty picked up a flounced skirt made from a bright floral fabric and held it up. It was long and would cover her down to her ankles. Why can't I be a princess? I was a gypsy girl last year, sighed Hetty. If she had to attend the party, at least she should be able to choose her own costume, Hetty realized. Because I don't need you getting any crazy ideas about rich people. We're poor, and we depend on the rich people to pay us to do the jobs they don't want to do. What is it you think I do all day out at Bridgewater? Sit under an umbrella and sip tea out of little china cups? Think again, Missy. I spend the day working in a hot kitchen, cleaning the kitchen and helping to cook the meals. And when I'm done, I come home and do it all over again here. That's real life, not some fancy dressed up princess dream. Now put on those clothes and hurry up. Moving as slowly as she could, Hetty donned the long skirt and a peasant blouse that her mother had sewn to fit her. She slipped her feet into her well-worn brown shoes that thankfully would be hidden by the sweep of her skirt. Around her neck, she adjusted several long necklaces, all in various bright colors, none of which matched either her skirt or blouse. 
As she tied a bright yellow scarf over her dark hair, she felt her hands tremble. What if there were lost souls waiting for her on the trip home? Could her mother protect her? She quickly made the sign of the cross and silently prayed to her, prayed to her guardian angel for protection. Searching the tiny space that served as her bedroom, her brothers had the larger room since they were older, Hetty located the tiny purse her mother had crocheted for her. She slipped it over her shoulder and took a last look at herself in a mirror that was spotted with age. The image that looked back at her was certainly that of a gypsy girl with dark eyes and dark hair. But a gypsy girl wouldn't have the look of fear that was evident on Hetty's face. She forced a smile, but that made her look grotesque. Hmm, better to keep a blank face, she thought. Ah, at last. Now let's hurry. We can just make the trolley if we run, said Hetty's mom. Forty minutes later, Hetty and her mother stepped down from the trolley and began the walk from the estate gates to the Bridgewater mansion. Just before they entered the servant's door, Mrs. Swink pulled out a large pair of gaudy-looking hoop earrings. While Hetty tried not to fidget, her mother affixed them to her earlobes, tightening the screw backs until they pinched and caused Hetty to wince. Within minutes, Hetty was ushered into the grand hallway, where a tall, grubby pirate with an eye patch stood beside an older woman dressed as a fairy godmother, complete with see-through wings. How Hetty wished she had a fairy godmother of her own, but she knew they only existed in fairy tales. Is this your daughter, Bessie? inquired the fairy godmother of Hetty's own mother. Yes, Mrs. Newkirk. Hetty couldn't believe the calm, subservient voice that answered belonged to her mother. All Hetty and her brothers ever heard were shrill commands. Maybe the day wouldn't be so bad after all. Hetty, you're becoming a beautiful young lady. Do you remember Mr. Lawson? The fairy godmother nodded her head toward the pirate beside her. He bowed in a funny way that told her he was enjoying himself. Now follow me, miss, and I'll see that you get some vittles before we start the fun, he instructed in a less than gruff voice. Go with Mr. Lawson, Hetty, urged her mother. Hetty slowly followed in Mr. Lawson's wake, feeling glum again. I don't see your boys, Bessie, observed Mrs. Newkirk. No, ma'am, they won't be coming this year. They has jobs their pa found for them. They're old enough to help support the family now. But I thought they were in their teens. Uh, yes, ma'am, they are. The oldest is 14, the other is 13. My husband said it was high time they started work. The fairy godmother bit her lip momentarily before putting on a bright smile. Well, I won't hold you from your duties. I'm sure Mrs. Grant has plenty for you to do today. Yes, ma'am, and thank you, ma'am. Bessie Swink turned and made her way towards the kitchen. After a lunch that left all of the children feeling full, they gathered in the grand hallway once more. It was time for the fun part of the afternoon. They piled onto the back of a hay wagon and were driven along a rarely used path toward a barn set some distance away from the main house. During the ride, the afternoon sun played hide-and-seek with some gathering clouds, and patches of dark shadows gave the day a slightly sinister feel. Hetty began to feel the fear building deep in her stomach once more. The fear that the lost souls were gathering for All Hallows' Eve. 
The interior of the barn had been decorated with scarecrows and imitation spider webs. Large fuzzy spiders had been fashioned from pipe cleaners and made to hang from the webs. Each costumed child was given a piece of paper that listed four items to find. How exciting, thought Hetty, who always enjoyed a scavenger hunt. The first one to find all the items on his or her list would win a chocolate bar. A whole chocolate bar. Oh, how Hetty wanted to win. And she would eat it all by herself. She wouldn't bring it home, and she definitely would not share even a bite with her brothers. Several minutes later, Hetty had already found three of the items on her list and had just located the fourth when she heard another girl, Suzanne, shout out, I've won! I've won! It didn't help that Suzanne was dressed like a princess. Hetty just dropped the items she'd found and let them fall between the hay bales. She sat down on one of the blocks of dried grass and let her shoulders slump. What a failure she was. Don't look so sad said a boy who wore a white jacket with a medical patch over his corduroy pants. He sat down beside her. I didn't win either. But I could almost taste that chocolate. I would have eaten the whole thing, too. What are you supposed to be? He pointed at her outfit. A gypsy. What else? I think you look nice. I'm supposed to be a doctor. Hetty turned to look at the boy. He seemed to be about her age and had a nice, friendly face. Blue eyes and light brown hair added to that look of pleasantness. What's your name? he asked. Hetty, what's yours? Chet. That's short for Chester. This is my first time coming here. <laughs> nice to meet you, Chet. Hetty giggled. My dad is something called a footman. I think he looks after people's feet. He tried to make his father's position sound important. My mom works in the kitchen. Is she the cook? No, but she helps the cook. You know, makes some of the dishes and helps clean up. Mom stuff. Yeah. Well, we didn't win the scavenger hunt. There's always the pumpkin contest. What's that? He asked. We get to draw scary faces on the pumpkins and the best one gets a prize. Then somebody carves out the pumpkins for later. Great. I'm pretty good at drawing. Want to work together? Hetty suggested. Can we do that? Hetty nodded her head, thinking about the carved-out pumpkins made her think about lost souls, and that made her feel afraid again. Afterward, they liked to put candles in the carved-out pumpkins and tell ghost stories. I don't like that. They're only stories, he pointed out. But all stories are based on something that's true. My father said so. So that must mean that ghosts are real, and that tonight is when, you, when they sometimes wander the roads. Don't be afraid, Hetty. I'll protect you, he claimed bravely. Chet held out a hand to his new friend, and together they climbed back on the hay wagon. It was much later, well into the evening, before Hetty's mother came to collect her. Many of the other children had already departed with their parent or with another family member who had come to pick them up. But Hetty's mother and Chet's father, it seemed, had many duties to finish before they could head home. Hetty, come! called Mrs. Swink as she pulled her sweater over her shoulders. You'll have to help me carry this box of food. Yes, Mama. And put this shawl over your shoulders. I don't want you catching cold. Hetty took the crocheted black shawl that belonged to her mother and wrapped it around her shoulders. She liked that it was black because maybe with it on, any lost souls wouldn't be able to see her on the dark roads. 
The fear of All Hallows' Night was beginning to grow on her again, and she tried to control her trembling so her mother wouldn't scold her. From the corner of her eye, she could see that Chet was with his father, and the two were in the process of leaving. Chet's dad seemed to be listening to something that his son was telling him. Hetty and her mother began their walk down the long driveway toward the iron gates of the estate when they heard the sound of an automobile motor behind them. Without missing a step, Mrs. Swink shepherded her daughter to the side of the driveway to let the car pass. But the driver stopped, and the car pulled up behind the mother and daughter. Can I give you ladies a lift? Oh, yes, please, thought Hetty, thinking how wonderful it would be not to have to meet any lost souls that night. We're fine, thank you, replied Mrs. Swink. Really, it's no problem. Hetty looked up at the car and saw the driver was Chet's father, and peering around the man's shoulder was her new friend. Please, Mama, Hetty pleaded. Her mother thought it over for a moment. Only as far as the trolley station, then. Chet's father nodded his agreement. Come on, come on, Hetty. Don't dawdle. Can't you see this gentleman is doing us a favor? Chet jumped out from the passenger side of the car and held open the front door for Hetty's mother. Then he opened the door to the rear seat and waited until Hetty got into the car before sliding along the seat next door. Are you okay? He asked Hetty. Of course I'm okay. I mean, you didn't meet any lost souls, did you? He whispered. We were only walking down the driveway. Hetty fell silent for a moment before continuing. Did you ask your dad to stop for us? He was going to anyway, but you asked him. I know you did. Chet shrugged his shoulders. Why? Because that's what friends do, he answered. But we've only just met each other. Doesn't matter. They traveled in silence until the car pulled up at the trolley station. As his father assisted Mrs. Swink with her parcel, Chet anxiously hovered near Hetty. You want to say something, Chet, so just say it, urged Hetty in a low voice. Promise you won't tell anyone? Cross my heart. No one can know. I don't want anyone to think I was a coward. Mm-mm, mum's the word. Chet looked both ways and put his face near Hetty's and whispered, I'm afraid of lost souls too. Then he ran off and got into the car, slamming the door behind him as though he'd just seen a lost soul. And there you have it, my friends, the story of All Hallows' Eve as celebrated in 1941 on the Bridgewater Estate. If you're interested in learning some about some of the other holiday celebrations at Bridgewater, then I urge you to pick up a copy of the Bridgewater Holidays, which is as I said, the companion book to the Bridgewater Chronicles series. And I thank you for joining me this Halloween Sunday, and I hope you have a howling good time tonight.